Hello, friends. Nico here from the Geek Cast Live, and you are proudly listening to the Movie Podcast Network. Hey there, Cartoon Joe here. If you like what we do, head on over to Patreon.com for special extras and crispy num-nums that you can get for just a few dollars a month. That's Patreon.com slash GeekCastLive. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud. Be sure to comment, like, review, leave cynical comments, or call Nick mean names. He likes when you do that. Like books? Hate to read? Have ears? Like to listen? Well, we have a solution. Audible.com, where there's over like a million or something books that you can listen to with your ears. Go to audible.com slash geekcastlive for a nice kick in the pants. We'll do it live! It's a trap! Welcome to episode 443 of the GeekCast Live podcast. I am your host, GCR, and with me, as always, Rob Bass and Cartoon Joe. We uh, are, are obviously uh, sans the dour one this <laughs> evening. Um, Can you hear it in our voices? <laughs> no, I don't. Nick's at a riffraff show, I think, so... Yeah. Well, that's where we always go. We have season tickets to Riff Raff. Yeah. As if Which you are really this. hard to find. Like, season tickets for, for his touring season? Yeah. Well, because it'd be like, you'd have, he'd have to play the same venue. Yeah. And it's like, just, he's, like right. he's always at Ravinia. <laughs> I was just about to say that. Ravinia? Ravinia? Mm-hmm. That's the most unlikely place for Riff Raff to play. I know. People go to Ravinia to like drink wine and eat goat cheese spreads. I was I, I was imagining having like like this is my two foot by three foot plot of dirt mm-hmm. that I put my blanket on. I'm here with my baby. Mm-hmm. I got a picnic basket. We're gonna uh, we have some charcuterie, and mm-hmm. uh, and uh, she surprised me with some really nice smoked salmon. And we're gonna listen to oh fuck that's riffraff, Jesus. <laughs> I thought we were here to listen to the the Almond Brothers. Fucking Ravinia. Have you ever been to Ravinia, Rob? Uh, no, never once in my life. Yeah, I a- also haven't been, but I've had it described to me enough that it's oh, almost I love, as though I've been there. I fucking love Ravinia, man. It is. It's like um. It's like a. Hey, look, honey. Uh, um, uh, twenty thousand other people decided to uh picnic tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness. A Boz Skaggs concert has erupted. <laughs> and they just got these really awesome speakers just throughout. It's like someone put on a CD of a concert, of a live concert. And you just happen to have like uh, two bottles of red wine and some goat cheese. It's kind of a <laughs> I would, I would a honestly just carry two bottles of wine and goat cheese with me everywhere that I went anyway. I don't know why I don't currently. I, don't, I was, I was actually going to say, I'm not sure. I'm not sure why you have found some sort of like, uh, like the charcuterie book bag. 
I'm saying. Ooh, a charcuterie book bag. That's yeah. Where it's it's just big like, for like a small cutting board. Um, you got like a like like a cheese knife and a paring mm-hmm. knife, and then there's some sort of refrigerated section where mm-hmm. you can have like your soprasetta, maybe a uh, you know maybe a, a nice uh, Havarti dill, mm-hmm. a charcuterie bag. I'm telling you, you want to make. How much? How yeah. much do hipsters have these days? I don't I will, know. Uh, I've got plenty. Do you guys even carry money? Is it Bitcoin that you? Yeah, guys I will. Have? I will give them many Bitcoin. It's well, we, uh, we pay in memes mostly. Yeah, <laughs> we go to the meme exchange. And... Is there a meme exchange? <laughs> yeah. Is a Canadian meme worth more or less, less than an American? Generally speaking. Uh, well, it depends on if Justin Trudeau is in it or not. True. True. So a Trudeau meme. A Canadian Trudeau meme is worth what is it, like a dollar and a cent to our mm-hmm. or to a dollar? Is that what it is? It's like a cent more. Or... Yep. Wow. How yeah. much? Well, it's a... it's worth. Oh, go ahead. No, where do dank memes fall in the? Uh, those are from Holland. Okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like a Deutschmark. <laughs> right. Or whatever they use in. They are. They're they're the highest quality memes for sure, though. Well, and they have—they bring the most happiness per capita. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, if you're into that, I don't even know officially where I'm Holland is. That. Is it in Finland or Denmark? Uh, or Sweden? I think Holland. I, I think is, it's just another name for the Netherlands. Yeah. Is it? There's not yeah. actually a like a Holland. Yeah, I think it, I'm fairly sure Joe's. Right. I mean, there's like a Holland in Michigan. Oh. Well, there's a Paris, Texas, too, so I don't know what that right. means. I'm I was Googling. just trying to—I was trying to divert your attention while I Googled. I'll say I'm Googling I'm, where. I'm pretty is sure it Holland. is the Netherlands. Yeah, it's just—is it's a, a region, region and former province on the western coast of the Netherlands. Okay, oh, so it is a specific. So it's, it's, yeah, it's part. Of it is a specific location. Or part of the Netherlands. Also, frequently used informally to refer to the whole country of the Netherlands. It must be the hmm. important part. Yeah, well, if you're from Holland, is, please correct us. They're literally the Netherlands. Chris so. Dalby, we know you're listening, and we know you know the answer to this quandary. Set us straight, please, in a tweet or uh, a text, or preferably. Feel a free to give us a relative that you probably have there <laughs> as a guest on the show. Crow, you can sit it by Raven. Anyway, how, yeah. However, lightning bolt. Right. I don't know. Uh, whisper it to an acorn and plant it, and you'll get it when the leaves whisper it on the winds as a full-grown oak. <laughs> uh, it's not take, the most efficient method no, of, of take, communication. It'll take 30 years, and you have to assume the tree will grow. Right. So You just you wake up in the middle of the night. It's the same country. And then you, and then you, have, to, you have to plant the acorn. You have to move the soil with your own hands. You cannot use a right. tool. Right, right. So mm-hmm. you have to you have to bury an acorn, a freshly whispered into acorn, uh, into a shallow grave, <laughs> um, for it to then I, it has to it'll grow into a full grown tree, and mm-hmm. then as the wind in the fall uh, looses its leaves, those leaves will carry the answer on to the desired uh, recipient. So will it just be like yep. etched into it or whispered on the wind? No, it'll yes. be whispered in the wind. Ah, okay. 
also, yeah, also, I should have just answered the way Joe did. Yes. Yeah. And ideally, uh, in the first six months, you need to water it with the blood of 17 sparrows. Mm-hmm. And, and a, a little um, bit of honey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a dash, mm-hmm. no more. No more. Right. And what's weird about that, and this is why this is such a, a, an untrustworthy way to send mm-hmm. a message uh, in the days of electronic mail. Uh, um, Squirrels are no, everywhere. Well, and there's no way to measure a dash. <laughs> right. But it's, yeah. it specifically calls for a dash, no more. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It doesn't even let you know, like, is it an M dash, an N dash? No, nope. right. Just no idea. Dash. So, and you never know when your when your messages are going to be intercepted by a blue wizard, mm-hmm. which is a, a not infrequent problem. From the uh, from the third realm of Ephesius. Mm-hmm. I listened to that today for the first time in a long time. I thought about listening to it today for the first time in a long time, and then didn't. I uh, I've been on this weird Sad. I've been on this weird podcast kick where I I, I it's kind of. And I actually, Joe, I, I use your Hoopla account. I don't know if you've noticed. I have. Um, and I don't I, have any problem with it. Well, what's great is you're allowed to, you're allowed to uh, rent up to 19 different titles at once. Right. So I never feel like I'm burdening you by because I, I, I never get close to 19. But I bet I've mm-hmm. gotten you up to nine before. I think you're right. Because I've pigeonholed myself into like I know exactly what I want out of a like a thriller detective novel. Mm, mm-hmm. I, I have a very, it's, it's, and it's totally my fault and it's my curse and <laughs> I'm blaming no one but me. It has to meet like a ton of criteria. Like I refuse to listen to an abridged audiobook. No, well, that makes sense. I don't want to. Why, why, why would you listen to an abridged audiobook? I feel at that point I've never actually read the book. Right. So, well, at that point, like you're already listening to it, which takes more time than just reading. Right. I yes. And see, here's the thing: is I, I believe what you're using. You're using your library card from when you lived here in Lafayette, West Lafayette, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. So the, the, it's it's limited. It is it's a bigger city in Indiana, but it's it's still a smaller city in general. Right. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to go get like a Library of Chicago library card to hook your boy. I wish to. I could get one. Why can't you? Aren't you? You're a resident. I'm technically in Forest Park, uh, which is a, it's a separate uh, village. Oh no, shit! Yep, and and Illinois doesn't have one of those. Like, it's here in Indiana, almost all the libraries. Like, if you're a member of one, you're a member of all of them. Yeah, Not like so a shared um, residency thing there in Chicago. I so I have a uh, I'll, I'll look into it for sure, um, but like my so my Forest Park library card. Uh, I can get like anything from like Oak Park or uh, Park Forest or River Forest or River Park. Any of or... the any of the uh, uh, nature termed cities in the South. <laughs> right, suburbs. right. But I've never seen I've never seen a Chicago Public Library show up in a oh, list a of bummer. things I can I can order a book from. What a bummer! Yeah. So I just I just inferred, but I I should look into it. You're absolutely right, and I think I will. Well, now that you've you've pushed me. Well, here, because like I said, I, I have like I, uh, I, I won't read abridged. The within seconds, I'll be able to tell you if the narrator is gonna is gonna get me off or not. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I mean, like mm-hmm. it's like if you, I love, I love, I love a song of ice and fire. 
I cannot stand Roy Dotrice in the way he reads and pronounces characters' names and mm-hmm. listening to a 90-year-old man talk through a sex scene is just not... No, that <laughs> sounds perfect. I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't need it. He, oh. he reads like several dry pieces of paper being shuffled. Yes. And here's the bitch of it is like we've talked for uh, – we've even brought this up before. I love Michael Connelly's Harry Bosch novels. Novels. Mm-hmm. Why did I say novels? Novels. Yeah, I think novels. you also said Vosh while we're Her- at it. I, I like the Harry Bosch <laughs> novel. Um, it's a drink. He's nice. A Harry – Ooh, the Harry Vosh novel. A Harry Vosh novel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you just make it all one word, a Harry Vosh novel. You know, I think I had a beer like that here in Forest Park recently. That sounds right. It's probably like some uh, small craft brew. Do, do you guys have any of the uh, Harry Vosh novel? Is that – do you have any of that? Anyway. Um, <laughs> he's got like let's – say let's say there's 30 of those novels. Mm-hmm. Um, 17 of them are read by one guy. The rest are written by another guy. Uh. And I love one of them. That's the voice of Harry Bosch. Then they mm-hmm. switch to the other guy, and it's not. And it's that's not Harry Bosch. That's a fucking imposter. And so, mm-hmm. like, I've maybe read that's, all, maybe I've that's read all the actually. Well, that might be the real one. I don't know. Maybe the first guy was the imposter. But <laughs> I, I've read all the ones available on your Hoopla that are that first guy, right? Mm-hmm. And I will mm-hmm. not read the second guy anyway. I'll like. I, there's, I've checked out like 12 books that are active on your Hoopla right now. Mm-hmm. Probably eight. Eight books. And I, I, uh, I'm just waiting for them to go away because I, I, I will not listen to them. <laughs> so with that said, I've, I'm trying to now find a, a new podcast to listen to. Because I've, re- I've listened to every Sword and Scale. I've listened to every Lore. Mm-hmm. I've, listened to, uh, I've listened to... All of Dirty John. I, I mean, just and I want true crime. I don't really want a podcast. I don't want to listen to a podcast about, um, I don't know, uh, oh. someone telling star- scary stories from their own personal experience. Yeah, I don't. Four I don't guys want. commentating on pop culture. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm, I'm treading. I've into, heard I'm, this one. I'm treading into waters that's self-incriminating. I understand that. <laughs> what I bring I don't up, I'm with you. What I bring it up to is I found one called um boy I should have known what it was called before I said that's <laughs> called I just forgot to be honest. It's like Finding Richard Simmons or something along those lines. Finding Richard Simmons. I hope that's exactly what it was. It's called Missing Richard Simmons. Mm. And and it's it's about the fact that in like 2014, 2013 Richard Simmons just disappeared. Mm. And this is a guy Where'd who. Where'd he go? That's that's the that's the fucking thing, man. It's like the, from Kiss. The production video, the production of the podcast is great. The guy who who is the voice of the podcast is great. It's it's kind of interview driven, and it's it's talking about how Richard Simmons not only did he have this empire, but he wasn't just the butt of celebrities' jokes. He was a very intelligent guy. Who, who had a lot of fucking money. And he actually taught a class in Los Angeles where you could, anybody could come in and be in his workout class. I mean, it'd be like anybody could show up at Harrison Ford's house and learn how to act. I would say there might be mm-hmm. better people to learn how to act from, but that's the first thing that popped into my head. Right. Um, and he you, just, don't, you don't want to learn how to act from... Get off uh, of an plane. End? 
Here, let me. Here, here, here's this. Uh, two different characters. Um, get off my plane. Don't look at it, Marion. I'm just saying. <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of range. Um, anyway, he just van- Richard Simmons just fucking vanished. He just stopped teaching his classes. And what turned into like he wasn't there for one day turned into he hasn't been there in two years. And he never. This is a guy who met a stranger who was overweight and on vacation in Los Angeles. They traded numbers, and he called her every Sunday on the nose for years as her personal Hmm. weight loss coach for no money. And he just goes up and missing? No one's fucking seen him in fucking two years, three years. That is fucking weird. It's fucking weird, right? Isn't that compelling as shit? So anyway... In this weird thing we do now where we actually just do the Geek Weekly before the end of the show, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't even know how we got here to this point, but that's where I'm at, man. I, I just, oh, it was, uh, oh, it was the weird <laughs> podcast thing. Yeah. I decided to get right. back into fucking Hello from the Magic Tavern. It's still just as good. It's still uh, just awesome. as good. Yeah, that's what I was actually. It's it's funny because uh, I was actually just speaking of of being a resident of Chicago and not really being a resident of Chicago. I was thinking about the Chicago Podcast Initiative and like, man, I wonder if that's funds that are available. Uh, I'm in Forest Park. <laughs> <laughs> but it would, you know what though? It would be cool because as a podcaster, and it's not like you're one of ten. You're one of fucking hundreds of thousands. Right. Right. But. As close as you are to the Chicago Podcast Initiative, I mean, I'm sure they have some sort of headquarters, a place where they right. record, a place where they, mm-hmm. you, that would be a, um, that'd be a cool Geekcast Live field trip, I think. Yeah. Uh, I yes. Would absolutely, be about that. To mm-hmm. find out where they record, to maybe, um, you know, just uh, talk about how the fact that we're not, I mean, obviously we're not from Chicago, we love Chicago, um, uh, we'd like to just check it out and say hi and I'd love to fucking meet Chunt. You kidding me? Mm-hmm. Cooperative, that's the name of it. So, so we might want to look into. I'm about it. I'm looking into it right now. Anyway, this has been a weird, this has been a weird... Holy crap. Was like you a, know what I forgot about? Was there, they're sponsored and run by Cards Against Humanity. That was a, What? They're Sorry. sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. Ah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Cards, Run. Cards Against Humanity, who just purchased land uh, on the border with Mexico as a way to thwart Trump from building a wall. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now, they know, I believe they know they won't succeed because there's this little thing called eminent domain. Right. Yep. But they have gotten, like, the foremost eminent domain lawyers to try to stall it as much as they can. That's And it's a weird – it's such a weird thing when you think that this is a company who um, basically tells fart jokes. Yeah. And they're the ones who have decided to do this. Isn't this ultimately, though – the biggest fart joke that they could do. I'm not yet. Yeah, I, uh, I hope I didn't come across as I can't believe they did this. <laughs> Touche. This no, is it's right, right up their alley. Right. This is exactly mm-hmm. what they would do. It's their I professional trolls. Th- yes. It's, 
I think what's amazing is that uh, Rosie O'Donnell didn't buy land on the border. Um, Rachel Maddow didn't buy land on the border. The Democratic National Committee didn't buy land on the border. There isn't a senator or congressman who bought senator who bought land on the border. It took mm -hmm. a company who has made their fucking coin in allowing you to say. Um, I would like to buy a box of horse shit, please. Right. The best thing in life is fucking your grandma. Right. right. <laughs> because Masturbating that's the into a pool of children's tears. <laughs> right. Because that's the black card and the white card. I was dealt that hand and I was playing to the guy who had to make the call. And I knew he'd know that was funny. Just like Jake Krebs knows that at any time he gets the things George W. Bush thinks about. Uh, if he plays the card catapults, I'm going to give him the win because I think that's the funniest goddamn thing in the entire fucking game. Because the idea of George W. Bush just sitting there thinking about fucking catapults. Because I don't know if he thinks that it's actually a, it's just a, it's a pult that pults cats. I don't know if he knows what a catapult is. Right. <laughs> that is like some sort of catapult thing. enthusiast. Right, you could be as raunchy and as dirty as you want to fucking be in that game, and nothing will get me quite like George W. Bush thinking about catapults. I don't know <laughs> yep. why, but it's just, it's just fucking, it gets me, man. Yeah, I love right. the fact, like, like, yeah, you ever, you ever seen my uh, catapult collection? I think, like he's like you said, like he's a catapult <laughs> enthusiast. Like he, like he gets catapult enthusiast magazine or something. He has like Which he's he's got everything from like a in that magazine. Right. Jeez. He's got everything from like a like a rubber band, and and like a like a paper football, right. all the way up to like an actual like like. Well, now technically this is a trebuchet because <laughs> it's got a counterweight that you're using to launch the weight. Oh, what makes that. a difference is. Uh, I got it. Uh, I got it qualified as a catapult. <laughs> Actually, you may be thinking, is that fifty stories high? And I tell you, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh man! Seriously, I, well, yeah, but this, but this is the company. It took that company to say, we're going to try to do something. So, and this is what it is. Yep. With that being an example, not to like hard segue here, but with that being an example of a actually, company doing actually, something incredibly it's right. Great, it's a great segue, by the way. Thank you. Uh, so I don't know if you guys had seen the news, but there is a company that has recently made the shit list for news uh, this last like uh, week or so, last couple of days even. The Weinstein Company? Close. <laughs> Miramax? Oh. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, this was actually um, EA, the uh, current publishers. Electronic for, Arts. Yeah. EA Sports. That's the one and the it's same. Yeah. So they uh, they are putting out this uh, small game that uh, a couple of Shout people are interested everything. in, uh, Star Wars Battlefront Two. Uh, I believe it um, recently had its open access beta and early access for the game. It should be dropping sometime here in the next couple of days, I believe. I believe it was recently also your Geek Weekly because you were so goddamned pumped for this game. I, I was. And then... And, and then you found out then to beat it, EA it would cost you $2,100. On yeah. So uh, there are these... So, could, uh, 
I was going to say, could, could you frame, yeah, the, wanna, could you frame the, the situation for us? Right. Because I want to break like, down a couple I'm of terms a, really quick. I'm not a video game guy. Right. Let's so, say, but I, I love, I, I, I am enthralled in this, what's going on right now. Right. So um, I want to break down a couple of terms first for you and for some of our listeners that may not be familiar with them. So there are a handful of type of games. Um, some of them would be um, your standard like up, upfront cost for the games uh, where you would like go in and pay $60 for a game and this is the video game that you get and you've got the video game. Okay. There are games that are called free-to-play where it would be something like an app on your phone where you could just like download it for free um, and then you just play it like League of Legends or... Um, Smite, um, things along those lines, and then they're often they make their money from ad revenue. Right, they make it. They make their money through ad revenue and through uh, usually like chest or bundle purchases that you can get items that are cosmetic skins, different announcer packs, um, different little emotes for your character, things along those lines. Nothing that really gives you any competitive edge. It doesn't even give you a competitive edge. Just it's purely for. You know, flavor and style, and look, this is how mm -hmm. my character looks whenever I play this character, or whenever I do this thing or that thing. Right. And I want my little guy to be dressed like the 11th Doctor, it, so here's $4.99. Exactly. And then there are games that are called uh, like a, a pay-to-win style almost. Um, and what that means is that whenever you uh, – it, it offers uh, bundles and packs and things along those lines, but things that you get from these packs are going to better your game somehow. Uh, better you playing this game. Uh, a great example of that would be like Clash of Clans, uh, something that all of us have played. Um, once you get to a certain point of just building and building and building and going through your resources and playing the game, eventually it gets to the point where your uh, times for you know getting something upgraded is going to take too long or uh, you just it takes way too much money to get to your next level, to buy better troops, to, to be better at the game. So you buy some gems, and then with those gems, you better your troops, you do whatever, and then you get better at the game. So EA, uh, in releasing Star Wars Battlefront 2, uh, they've got a great single-player campaign that they put in there. It's about four hours long. Uh, there's a video link on the Facebook profile for GeekCast Live if you want to check it out. Um, and I really would recommend it. It's, uh, it's like one of the better – it's like a four-hour Star Wars movie, and it's fantastic. Um, but then they have uh, their big driving point, which is their big open multiplayer. It plays like Battlefront or Call of Duty, but you're in Star Wars, and you can run around and play as different heroes and things along those lines and get all sorts of weapons and view all sorts of planets. Cool stuff. Except for the fact that if you want to unlock some of these heroes that you want to play, like, say, Darth Vader. Everybody loves Darth Vader. You'd love to run around as him and just wreck rebel scum all day. Um, well, in order to unlock Darth Vader, you have to either put in so many hours worth of gameplay or you can buy crystals and spend money to unlock characters. Now, this doesn't just go towards uh, – uh, isn't just inc uh, inclusive for characters. You can also buy all of these different bundles, which give you these different like perk cards that might make you faster or uh, more accurate or more firepower, things along those lines, that give you a distinct competitive edge. And now EA is making you pay $60 up front for the full of this game. 
But in order to unlock everything, you either have to spend about 4,500 hours in playing the game, which is like ridiculous, or you can spend about $2,100 and unlock everything. So it's like really, really like to see a, a company as big as EA putting out a triple A game like this, just something that's absolutely massive that has. Um, an incredible engine. They've got massive crews working on like designing this game, massive support for the online multiplayer, all of this stuff. You're paying $60 up front for it. But in order to unlock most of the multiplayer game, which is their big driving point for buying this game, you have to pay two, like almost $2,100 in order to get everything on top of what you're doing. Otherwise, Spend well, an ungodly amount of time playing it, and no, like the average gamer spends like I think like two two point seven hours. I think it was that I was reading, playing video games a day, like on the higher end. Right. So it's absurd. It's yeah. Well, and, and most people only play a game to win uh, for thirty to forty hours, right? Thirty to fifty. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, is you haven't even hit the craziest part yet, which is, uh, as I understand it. Um, there are some games that are pay to win where you literally, you pay for the thing that you want. Mm-hmm. There are other games that are effectively, uh, legal gambling that children can participate in because when you pay, it comes out as a loot box that you're not guaranteed what's inside that loot box. Right. And that's how this one is. So 2100 is like the minimum you might oh, pay yeah, 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 if you sure. got everything you wanted right when you put the money in. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Which, and that's that's the most mind-boggling thing to me. Like, yeah, just like you could like you could literally like it, it's crazy that the gaming industry has taken such a hint from these like mobile games and games with these in-app purchases, and have like absolutely applied it to like just a business model for like this is how we're going to develop video games now because it's it, it's. Whenever you initially design a game and sell it, you normally just would get the money for the sale of the game. And then people would have the game for for however long. And after their initial sale, you wouldn't make any money on it. So I can understand, ideally, like, this is a way to continue, you know, reaping in money as you after you've sold the game. But this is, like, raking it in. This is, like... Then, right, then, sell, then sell the game for 20 bucks. Right. Like... It's like yeah, or, exactly. or I mean if the other the other buy it for twenty dollars or something like that, and they were to do something like this, I I would get it, but yeah, there or or even if they went the free to play route, which would have even been better, I think, if they wanted to go with this business model, but to sell it as a full priced game and then not give people full content and make them pay additionally for full content is absolutely absurd. I mean, they, right. they put out a well, and 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 clearly they've made they've tried to make the argument. Well, you can play the game and, and unlock everything, mm-hmm. but the conversion ratio is not equivalent. You know what I mean? Well, like it's 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 a more than two to one ratio of of dollars to hours played. Yeah. And now, didn't they try to say that? And didn't that res- didn't that statement result in the most downvoted Reddit comment of all time. Of all time, they put out a press release well, saying that they wanted to justify, like the, their their mentality was they wanted players to have uh, 
a reason to keep coming back. Feel to the rewarded game and feel rewarded for their time and effort. Feel like they made, like they like they made the grind. Yeah, right. And it is it's it passed out the the former highest downvoted comment on Reddit was downvote this comment please, and somehow <laughs> they have managed to. Skyrocket past it. What's it's like negative six hundred twenty thousand yeah. votes. Yeah, it's more than half a it's, million downvotes. This is this is driving people very quickly to um, start, you know, reaching out and saying that they're boycotting the game now. Of course, whether they follow through with things like this, you know, that's yet to right. be seen. But it's uh, I, I watched uh, Philip DeFranco's uh, show um, on this, and it was interesting because uh, he brought up a very very good point, and it's going to be. Um, would boycotting this game be enough? If they sell enough copies of this and enough people spend money on buying these downloadable content things, they could effectively just ostracize most of their base and still make more money than they, than they would if they changed their model entirely. Right. Which is absurd. Like to, to think that this, especially coming from somebody who's like at the forefront of the gaming industry, to think that this is the kind of like future that we could have in gaming is like awful. It's truly, truly. It's awful. totally unacceptable. Right. And well, I wonder, and I tell I, you, I would, I would say that this response will tell you that this is not the future that we have in gaming. I I, if, I think if if you're a developer out there, and you're you were gonna go this route, or maybe you're waiting to see. Mm-hmm. Um. Now you. I don't see. I don't see how you could go forward well, in that vein. And and from what I've been reading about it, it's not the developers who've decided who made these decisions. It was the publisher. Yeah, I, I have very little doubt that it was EA that was actually the one that put the guidelines there. But yeah, it's just so it's it's sort of it's a question of of sort of who owns the rights to publish this, and and you know like it is EA. It's a it's double. a how they badly are the Disney how of the gaming right. industry. Right. Like, how badly do you want to own the next Star Wars game? Right. I mean, they've already closed down one studio entirely, Visceral, that what they had recently bought out because they were going to be working on a Star Wars project. And then they closed this down uh, well into the works of not the same project, but another project they were working on specifically for EA. And they closed it down because apparently single-player role-playing games such as like Skyrim or Last of Us or uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, anything that would be considered one of the best games like of the last, of the decade, last decade or the last year. Um, th- this is a, a, a gaming style that's going by the wayside. It's dying out. They're, they're getting ready to release a virtual reality version of Skyrim for the PlayStation right. They've been 4. milking that cow for so long that like its teats have dried up. Yeah. Like Skyrim is still like sold and played regularly. Everywhere. They're gonna have to reimpregnate the cow soon, right? Years and years after Skyrim came out. I mean, what that come out in two thousand like thirteen, uh, something like that, two thousand twelve. Yeah, something like that. Might have uh, been earlier than that. No, well, I it, think it was two thousand. Did it come out? It came out while we were in Manhouse, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, that so, would have been 2012. 2012. So five years, and it's still selling crazy amounts. And they're still – they've put out tons of DLC for it. They've been uh, – they opened it up to a massive modding community um, so people can go through and tweak the game however they want and then put these tweaks out for other people to play around with. 
You can replace all of the dragons with uh, Thomas the Tank Engine. Or Macho Man Randy Savage. And it, yes. it's great. It completely changes the gameplay. <laughs> you love it. It's something fresh. It's something new. Um, and you're Cracks still playing shit, the exact huh? same game for forever, essentially. Um, and so, like, to, to see this model come out of something that, that is coming out of a publishing house that's as big or bigger than either one of the Afrima- or the, the previously mentioned games or studios that published them is, is just incredible, incredibly right. vain even. Well, and, 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 and that's just the economic argument, right? That doesn't get into the moral argument of is it right to sell a game to kids that's going to effectively turn them into gamblers? Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know. It's such a weird, it's such a weird but incredibly uh, a poignant topic. You know, it's it's a huge industry. Oh yeah, right. You know, and and you wonder how like a company like um, you know, look at a company like uh, who does Clash of Clans? What's their what? What are they called? Oh man, I haven't played anyway, in so long. I haven't either. The, but that game is free. Mm-hmm. You know, so imagine an industry. I mean, think of any other industry. Um, imagine, let's say, uh, Ford. Hey, our vehicles are free. Mm-hmm. Right. Do you want to go over twenty-five miles an hour? Supercell. It's going to. It's going to cost you. Uh, it's going to cost you five grand to go over twenty-five miles an hour. But that's only. That's only going to be for a uh, hundred thousand miles. You're going to have to pay another five grand every uh, hundred thousand miles. Oh, do you right. want to be able to turn left? <laughs> right. You know, hey, look, no one's saying you have to drive fast or even turn left. You can get where you need to go by going straight or turning right. Um, but uh, I mean, it's just not going to be that convenient. After a while, you're gonna you're gonna want to. But look, the car is free. Right. That right. that model that model doesn't work. There's no place for that. Um, you know, the, the food industry. Um, I can't even come up with an example. I, mean, I can't. There's, there's, there's no other industry really where that that model that works. Is, that, it, that's, that it's even a possibility mm-hmm. to work, and to fuck it up so bad that that you that you have to make a, a statement that fucks it up worse. I just, it's truly mind-boggling. Right, and well, and, and what, things that are consistent, and and at a time and a time when it's getting easier and easier on a home computer to render a video game, you know, well, like maybe, like ind- in, independent developers are having an easier and easier time of entering the field for uh, for very low cost, whereas well, like these 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 big companies like EA, EA when they made Star Wars Battlefront, they spent millions of dollars to develop this game and they're going to make billions on it probably oh yeah oh you know whereas like i think i think like uh like cuphead was like uh the their biggest cost was paying the artists to draw the everything by hand everything else was done in like photoshop what's the uh what isn't there a company who just released their game free to play Oh, Blizzard yes. just... Yes, let's talk about the opposite. Yeah, Blizzard, out of nowhere, becoming a savior in the gaming industry. Also, also a company... This is a company that's tried the model. 
right? Uh, in, 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 in recent years, you've been able to get on World of Warcraft or onto uh, Diablo 3 and pay to win. You can get better gear by paying more money. Mm-hmm. Or After already buying a $60 game yeah. and a $20 uh, expansion. Well, they have, they have been moving a lot of that stuff, actually, to free-to-play. I think base Diablo 3, World of Warcraft, and... Uh, now all of a sudden, StarCraft Two are all free to play. They've been working on that for a while, I think. But well, everybody in South Korea already owns it. But so. they do still have a lot of right. But they do still have a lot of pay to pay to win in there. Um, be it just more money or what? Well, well, I think you actually have to go through different transactors. But anyway, there there is a lot of things that you can actually go through and just buy out to to max out your character. You can. Buy to upgrade, like upgrade your character to automatically to level ninety nine. There's a handful right. of things that you can do for it. Um, so yeah, but the difference is them, it's like, free to play. Switch, like start switching their business model and then releasing this game for free and then sending putting out an, like a minute long ad, just thrashing the fuck out of EA was amazing. Like to to see the one eighty in a company like you said that this was more or less their marketing strategy for a while. Do this 180 and and like open their games up to everybody and it just mind-boggling once again the time we're living in this is magical. Yeah, it's just it's a it's just, it's a fascinating it's a fascinating concept and you know it, it actually um, weirdly oddly speaking of Chris Dalby it brings in that concept of of uh, like meddling, okay, from from a from a from a high a high seat. So you've got the programmers who create this game, and then you've got um, the people at EA who say, "Hey, programmers, thanks for this game. Um, here's how we're going to do it, right?" Right. And you've got you've got Warner Brothers. You've got the the directors of the Justice League, which comes out. Uh, uh, it'll come out this weekend. As as you're listening to this on a Saturday, it's been out um, since Thursday at midnight. It's just uh, it's you know you have the you have this this uh, Justice League movie, which from what I've heard from more people other than Chris Dalby, uh, that it is a um, they shouldn't have made the two hour hard cap cut of time because the 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 cuts are wonky. The, the, the tonal shifts are weird. They should have just let the director make his movie, even if it was two hours and 30 minutes, because for some reason, Hollywood can't grasp the fact that if you are making something good and worthwhile, people like me, people like you, Cartoon Joe, and you, Rob Bass, would sit through a six-hour-long Justice League. Mm-hmm. Right. Look, here's, here's the thing. West The West Wing is one of my absolute favorite shows of all time. I spent four hours today watching it because it's good. It's good. And I've already seen it. Imagine if you made something good that was new. Bless you. Warner Brothers decided, we'll throw your whole vision out there on the DVD, a director's cut. Cap this thing at two hours. Try to stay under that. And it, and it, their meddling could possibly ruin the movie. Mm-hmm. And that is a, uh, uh, that'll probably a weird, be, that's, a, that's the reason the species is a failure and it makes me angry. 
But that's where you got EA saying, hey, we're going to sell the game for $63.95 at Target. Mm-hmm. And if you really want to succeed in the game, it's going to cost you, we're going to make an additional like $2,100 at the top end per game. <sighs> Let's do this thing. Yeah. Uh, you can't see it, but I'm, 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 my middle finger is, is in front of the microphone right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, that's so disingenuous. And it's so anti what, what this community should be about. It's amazing. Right. And now, like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We all know that Star Wars, uh, at its worst, can be just a joyless cash grab. <laughs> but, like, why are, we, why are you going to elevate that spirit right. of it? That's really the spirit of Star Wars you were shooting for. Just give me more Ewok figurines. Jesus fuck. Like, I thought Lucas stopped being involved, for goodness sakes. Speaking, speaking of Justice League... Uh, in a weird, I want to get your guys' opinion on this. We haven't talked about it at all, not even in text or anything. Um, Ooh, Rotten Tomatoes, for a hot take. Rotten Tomatoes has withheld its score until Thursday, at tw- or Friday at twelve oh one. It's withholding its um, its score on the Justice League. Man, how much is Warner Brothers paying them well, to withhold their score? Well, here's here's where I want to lay out all the all this all the stuff I know. Mm-hmm. They are doing this because there there's this uh, TV sh- this YouTube channel that Rotten Tomatoes had. So it's called like See It or Skip It, where they unveil the Rotten Tomatoes score in the YouTube channel. So like, hey, you want to know mm. what the what the score is for Justice League? You're gonna have to watch this YouTube show, and with that comes advertisers uh. and viewerships and subscriptions and money, and that's I, that's fine. I mean, that's capitalism. I get it. Sure. Here's where I have my problem. Lately, the scuttlebutt has been, <clears throat> is Rotten Tomatoes skewing the box office too much? If, mm. if a week or two weeks before the movie comes out, Rotten Tomatoes certifies it fresh, you get a hit on your hands. Wonder Woman, Thor. If a week or two weeks right. ahead of time, it says this movie's at fucking, it's tracking at 3%, uh, Darren Aronofsky's mother... It tanks. Right. Um, the Mummy tanked because a lot of people blame the Rotten Tomatoes score. It was a really low score on Rotten Tomatoes. That's where people go to get their movie concepts and ideas. They mm-hmm. don't go see The Mummy. And not only does it tank a, a huge big-budget big movie, but the start of a franchise that they've now scrapped. They've backburnered okay, this well- – Dark universe. They also right? had a ship business model with that too, because no, they, totally, no. They decided I, I totally they were going to try and create a universe before they put out their first fucking movie. I to- I totally, I, I'm with you, but that's what I mean. And and if you think about it, though, that's what Marvel did. Marvel had dreams of a universe before they put out their first movie. I uh, think you have to start somewhere. I would I would disagree with that because they had. Are a you telling Are you telling me that they went into Iron Man saying we're just going to make Iron Man no, one? Don't I'm worry. I'm saying that they had trial runs with things like the Incredible Hulk and uh, was a failure. Spider Man. No, the Eric ba- or, sorry, the Eric Bana one, Hulk. Eric Bana Hulk was a failure. The, the 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 Ed Norton one was a box office dud. 
sorry, they they had a trial one with Spider Man. They they had a couple of movies before they actually decided to get into a a film franchise. I would agree that by the time they got to Iron Man, they had. You know, I'm talking about. I'm talking about. Uni- we're talking about universes. Film franchises are one thing. If you want to have like a three-run Iron Man, that's cool. But this idea of a movie universe is well, they, they and, had to have think, an idea so, of that. I would think. So I, I think I, I hear where you're coming from, but I think the issue is that uh, when Marvel tried to do it, it was something that was new. It was a new concept ish. And they were they were yes, trying they did it right idea. they were they they tried idea. to do it step by step by step, whereas Universal basically was like everyone's familiar with all of our monsters already. So uh, because Marvel has a universe and the DC cinematic universe exists, we can clearly just guarantee money That's, in the bank for you know a billion years if we're just like shared universes. Yeah, you just brought because Rob they're missing the point together. I. I completely yes. agree with you, Joe. Thank you for arbitrating that. <laughs> no problem. The concept of you are right. They decided to say we're going to put all our, our, our all of the carts before all of the horses, all the way up into the fact that we've cast all the monsters and we're taking a picture for Entertainment Weekly. Javier Bardem, uh, Johnny Depp, uh, uh, Russell Crowe. <laughs> right. They're doing this whole thing with this Universal monster deal, but then the movie came out, and I haven't seen the Mummy. Maybe it's good. Maybe it's bad. I don't say, Rob, you saw it, right? I not. Oh, I thought you, I thought Becca dragged you to it for some reason. The moon face? Yeah. I, no. Who am I thinking of? Who went and saw it because someone made them? Not I. It wasn't me. Uh, somebody I know saw it and they said it was the worst. Was it rich, was oh, it rich you know Steinfeld? what? Never mind. No, it was Michael. It was it was my it was Michael, uh, the mix master himself. Okay. Uh, his ex-girlfriend dragged him to go see it with a bunch of friends. She was like, I knew it was going to be bad, but I wanted to see it anyway. Ah, classic. Any, so anyway, you got this idea, you got yeah. this um, movie, and whatever its merits are, if it's good or bad, I don't know, I haven't seen it, but Rotten Tomatoes gave it a really low score, and it tanked at the box office. Now, that's correlation. Yeah. That's not, or that's, I don't know if it's causation. causation. Or that's causation. Well, yeah. It could be correlation. And, and Let's just say it's So, cool. and I... And I feel like so I'm I'm no longer uh, I've I've just aged out of the key demographic of things right like everything is now made for people who are under twenty five and that's not me God anymore. Damn it! <laughs> you know, but when I was in that age demographic, like if I if I saw a Rotten Tomato score that that was that bad, I would go see the movie just to make sure. You know, like like the. And I realize, like, I'm an oddball. I've I've always been the odd duck, but like, understatement of the century. the the worse the worse the critics are on on a movie, the more likely I am to see it because I'm a word of mouth guy. I trust the people. Like when Rob goes and sees a movie, or when you go and see a movie, I trust your opinion on it more than Rotten Tomatoes. Well, I do. So I, like, I, I just feel it. like the the real key. It's it's. I, I agree. I, I agree with your your overall point that it's a correlation causation thing. Like I, I, I'm sure that the the low score correlates with low box office, but I also feel like the low score correlates with bad movies. I would agree with that. Well, that's that's true. I mean, that's true too. I mean, I I, I thought I thought Mother was bad. Having finally seen it, I just 
my overall point is this, and this is where this whole story mm-hmm. comes from. You've got Rotten Tomatoes, who people are saying are is too influential on the box office. Sure. The guess who owns part of the parent company who owns Rotten Tomatoes? Disney. Warner Brothers. Oh. And what movie are they refusing to release the score of <laughs> until the day before? Oh, Justice man. League, which is a movie brought to you by Bob Warner Bob. Brothers. Let's all agree not to go see it opening weekend. And so here's just to just to so here's the thing that bothers me, and this is where I this is where if Rotten Tomatoes had no ties with Warner Brothers, totes, I got no problem with this. They got they're trying I, to monetize their platform with this see it or don't see it YouTube show. That's their prerogative, and yeah, and I don't put much credence into their ranking anyway. So you do you. But the mm-hmm. fact that their parent company is partly owned by the company whose score you're refusing to reveal because if this movie doesn't perform, if it underperforms in any way, it is it sinks everything. Or they have to go forward and try and reinvent themselves again. And there's mm-hmm. al- <coughs> excuse me, there's already talk that Cyborg's movie has been backburnered. And maybe we shouldn't do Flashpoint Paradox is solely resting on the shoulders of this fucking movie. If this movie fails, you're not going to have it. You're not going to have a cyborg movie. They've already started filming Jeez. Aquaman. Whether they scrap it or not, I don't know. They probably don't because Momoa is bankable. Uh, right. And they've already started. But you better believe it. If this movie tanks, I bet you don't ever see a Green Lantern. Um, <clears throat> it, a good Green Lantern. It could be the end of... There's and this been is, no good Green Lantern. <clears throat> That's what I'm saying. And what's weird is... What's weird? <laughs> I'm, listen, I, I've, been, I've been drinking bourbon for a while tonight. Um, so forgive me if I just finished the last of what I had. And I, I may be a little cadwallered at the moment. I encourage it. Yeah, by all means. Get it's all odd to me that we're in a time and place where we're where we're talking about how the a Justice League movie may not be bankable. Yeah, dudes, it's like when I found out they were going to make an Avengers. I mean, I remember cynical Nick Cordero saying it's it was the culmination of everything I wanted to see in a movie when the first Avengers came out. Yes. I'm pretty sure he gave that movie a 10, which he doesn't give. No, he doesn't believe in it. To sit here and say Warner Brothers is hedging its bets so much that it's having Rotten Tomatoes withhold the score for fear of a box office? Yep. <laughs> what is, what's going on? I don't know. This is just. We live in the darkest timeline. It is the darkest fucking. T- is it the <laughs> darkest timeline? It is the darkest. It might be. But then every time you say you got the darkest timeline, you got a dare. You got Daredevil. Daredevil. I am drunk. You got a Deadpool two trailer that comes out today where he pretends to be Bob Ross. 
God, how great was <laughs> and that? And every, everything from the fucking names of his paints to whacking off to everything. The, the snippets of the teaser. And that's how you do a teaser trailer for a movie. Oh, yeah. That's how you do it. I don't even want a full trailer. Don't even give me, please don't give me a full trailer. Actually, don't give me anything until June 1st, 2018, when that movie comes out. Make this the only fucking thing you throw out there. And you want to watch your fucking dollar bills just fucking land in a bank vault somewhere? Give me nothing else. Mm -hmm. Nothing else. Full embargo. I have nothing but anticipation oh at this moment. Oh, my God. And, and what's cool is when, Rob, you and I went to go see uh, Deadpool in theaters. Right. And we actually went beforehand and got chimichangas, which was oh, awesome. Yeah. We're oh, doing yeah. that again. What's the only We're doing that again. Yes. But here's the cool thing. I've now watched this movie with my wife, who loves it. She would never have gone and seen Deadpool in theaters opening night. She's coming. <laughs> Let alone because it was on Valentine's Day. <laughs> so that I can't believe on Valentine's Day. Hey, it was a romantic movie. I had chimichangas with, with Rob Bass and we went to Deadpool. <laughs> <laughs> but she's coming. I think you just wrote the first line of our porn. <laughs> it's, ain't that a, yeah. She's coming, though, to Deadpool 2. Loves the movie. It was, do you know that that was uh, at the end of MPW every year in December? We do our, um, our top 10 of the year list. Mm hmm. Each host brings their top ten movies they saw that year. Do you know what mm -hmm. Carl Huddleston, what his number one movie of the year was? If it wasn't last Deadpool year? now, I'm going to be really upset. It was Deadpool. As it it should have been. It wow. was Carl's number one movie of the year. Carl, who loves the Bridges of Madison County. <laughs> Carl, who's an old soul with grown children and a beautiful wife and a BMW and and. He's also a uh, an actor in Mormon propaganda. <laughs> yes, <laughs> loved Deadpool enough to make it his his B Modi, the best movie of the year. Incredible! Wow. Did uh, you know? Did you know yeah. that the topic of this show was supposed to be Nano Remo? I did. You, I forgot. You wouldn't have known. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Oh shit! Nope. It was. It was supposed to be Nano Remo. <laughs> but the analysis was good. Hey, so. that was spot on analysis. Who can a complain? lot of different things. I'm oh, not... yeah. <laughs> Nick's going to be pissed. He's like, you guys had a smart show for the first time ever, and I wasn't on it? Well, that sounds about right. Maybe that's the reason it was a smart show. Oh, perfect. Hey! Oh, hey! Cho-chi-cho-chi-cho-chi-cho-chi. <laughs> <laughs> Has anybody, <laughs> has anybody in this family ever seen a chicken? God. Oh, dear <sighs> Christ. Here's, a, here's another thing. And I don't know. Listen, I don't know if you listen. I'm not going to call you by your full name. I don't want to embarrass you in any way. I don't, want, I don't want anything to happen. But Juke. JK, the man we know as Juke. If you could, um, if you could come on the show... You just text me. Um, we talk all the time about Stranger Things. I'm, this is a moment I'm having with a guy, so I hope you guys don't mind. We talk, we no, talk no, no, all no. the time about Stranger Things. I invited you on the show. You said no. I'd be out of my depth. I argued with you. said no, you wouldn't because we're just talking about a show that you'd like and you've seen. You just text me Mind Hunter. 
It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, I didn't like it, but I was drunk. I've been told that. Um, I'm in to give it another go. JK, the Juke himself, come on the show. Tell us about Mindhunter. Yes. I will watch it. Yes. So we can have a we're, we're, we're almost 200 episodes into the run of GeekCast Live, and you have yet to be on the show. For this shame. Is, I'm, I'm calling you out right now. Juke, come on the show. It would be a delightful time. I'm saying. It truly would. Did you guys, did you guys read the, the uh, article I sent you guys today? Called Something Awful Herein Lies the Promise of J.F. Swanton? No. No. I won't. I forgot I'm, to. Okay. I'm not reading it on the show uh, because there's things that I won't say on the show in that, uh, in that article. But <laughs> you should read it. All right. Okay. Throw that out there. Okay. Let's talk about NaNoWriMo. The reason we're here tonight. What are our- Please do. It's, it's November. We're not supposed to shave and we're supposed to write a novel. Which actually go hand in hand as really far do. as I'm concerned. They- I, think, I think you're right. Yeah. I agree with you. Uh, NaNoWriMo is a, it's not an acronym. <clears throat> it's just a, a word that means National Novel Writing Month. I don't know what that would be. You're right. It's not an acronym. Yeah. It's not an acronym. It's like a abbreviation. There we go. I liked conglomerate. Uh, or, a con- or a conglomerate. Um, Joe, I know that you haven't been active uh, in this this year's Nano Remo, but Rob and I have. I have not been. And uh, what we would like to do is share with you our uh, a brief synopsis of what we've been working on, and a, um, a feedback from you. Any questions you have, we'll try to answer um, on what we've been working on for Nano Remo. Is that is that cool with you? Yeah, please. Uh, Rob, you want to flip a coin, or do you want me to go, or? Uh... I've got a dice. Evens or odds? Uh, odds. All right. Odds it is. Okay. Um, I really haven't, and this is the this is this is my uh, mo for NaNoWriMo. I almost write nothing. I do a lot of outlining, which is weird, mm. uh, especially mm-hmm. since I never outline a fucking thing. I normally just write, but ever since I've seen the ex the ex- extensive outlining that Rob does, I feel like it would help me maybe actually accomplish a thing. So I've been trying to do that. Um, oh, nice. So the, the, the blurb... Is that what your novel's about? Outlining. Yes. Yeah, it's, just a, it's a, it's a, it's a sounds... novelist who will not write a novel. I honestly... I'm, that sounds thrilling to me. <laughs> you... I really relate to that is what I'm saying. <laughs> um, a Chicago beat cop gets pulled into an ages-old struggle finding himself thrust into a race around the world, trying like hell to mitigate the collateral damage. I can fucks with that. That sounds uh, fantastic. The concept is uh, it's, a, it's a, just a Chicago cop who ends up arresting a guy for, for breaking into something. I don't know yet if – I haven't pinned it down if I want it to be like the Field Museum, uh, the Museum of Science and Industry, or um, – like a library or, or something like that. And mm-hmm. this guy he arrests, uh, somehow or another coerces him to let him go and not only let him go, but to go with him. 
Uh, All right. The guy he arrests is kind of a... He's not as badass as Indiana Jones, mm-hmm. but he's more badass than um, Robert than Langdon. Robert Langdon. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, he's somewhere in the middle there. He's like, well, I don't want to insult your character, but I was thinking uh, National Treasure meets Die Hard. It kind of. He's he's more of a he's more of a Nick Cage from National Treasure than anything else. Um, that is where a he, good go between between those well, two. It, it allows it allows the it allows the character of my Chicago cop to be to play the aggressive end of Indiana Jones in mm-hmm. the story and he can be the the uh intellectual half so if there's if there's two parts of Indiana Jones these two characters would make up those two parts right. if that makes sense yeah no but I it, get what you're yeah from. but it, yeah like almost like if like if Indiana Jones were like some kind of uh effete college professor by day and a uh, badass world traveling uh, Nazi shooting archaeologist by night. Yes. Correct. But it doesn't end there because there's a character who is a um, he's a theologian, but he's also the curator of a small museum in Chicago. I don't know who that sounds like, uh, but there's uh, yeah. that. And then like and then and then there's uh, there's also a guy who works with the archaeologist half who gets arrested. Who is a uh, computer guy and a tech guy, and uh, I don't know what that sounds like anybody that we might know. <laughs> and so there's mm-hmm. these four these these four guys who end up on this um, race against um, other things, other people, time, and they are ultimately um, unbeknownst to. Uh, the cop at the time searching for the Ark of the Covenant. Oh, all right, I'm about it. And it and uh, I mean, I was hooked before. You, a, and you just do you have made a it. title for this work in progress yet? I I no, I don't. Um, but what what it comes from because we've had this talks before is that I I I want to base something out of Chicago somehow. I love that city. I mm-hmm. love the idea of a Chicago cop or a Chicago detective, but I think that's like worn through. I mean, everybody has their their Harry Bosch, Lucas Davenport. Um, I didn't want that. I wanted I wanted a dude who decided like to not show up for work because for some reason he believed this archaeologist and he left with him. But he left with him because he knew a guy who could help them, and it's this <clears throat> theologian and. Uh, curator who then also says like well you ain't fucking leaving me in chicago if you're looking for the ark of the covenant <laughs> i'm going with you you'll need me mm-hmm. and then they team they meet up with the dude who's wearing sweatpants and uh some sort of cardigan and uh and a cowboy hat and he uh, he's a tech guy. He, he knows everything from fucking, and of course, because it's a novel, of course, this guy knows everything from sonar to, you know, how to hack into the, you know, Israeli whatever. Right. And it just so happened, I was watching a couple of days ago this 
TV show on the History Channel or the Science Channel, I don't know what it was, about a guy who was looking for the Ark of the Covenant, and he was in Jerusalem, and how, you know, there's, he, he can't go to certain parts of Jerusalem, and I started thinking, wow, uh, you know, why take a character that is Indiana Jones, who would do all of the things we just talked about, why does it right. have to be one character, when I, I know some personalities who could play all of those four characters? And uh, so it's kind of an homage, and, uh, and, I, and it allows me to have a, a thing that is, I think, okay and cool. And so that's what I've been working on. That's, I like it. I, yeah, and, I don't, and I don't have a title. And, but it, the cool thing is it doesn't have to stop with the Ark of the Covenant. Maybe they find it. Maybe they don't. Maybe they decide that they know exactly where it is, but they decide not to pursue it any further because it's safe. And then the next book, maybe it's not something as weighty as the Ark of the Covenant. Maybe it's just, um, I don't know. Into a mummy's tomb. <laughs> yeah, something. I don't know. It's <laughs> right. I, I don't want to look. I don't want to look at book two when I haven't even. Right. Are you, well, you don't want to. You don't want to set up a whole universe before you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's what I've started for Nano Remo, and we're 15 days in. Which gives me the rest of the month to get. I, I my goal, my personal goal is five thousand words. I don't know if I'll hit it, nice. but that's what I want to hit. That's reasonable. I think you could do it. This is a solid yeah. goal. Solid concept, you think? Yeah. No, I. I'm yes, about it. I'm. I'm. Like you said, it, it it does put a nice spin on the kind of detective style novel, and I'm a sucker for history as it is. So wrapping anything like that and and going off the quest. My hardest part right now is. Why would, a, why would a Chicago cop, what would convince him to leave with this guy he arrested for breaking into the place? Because it's his brother. Right. Ooh. Ooh. That might be a thing. Boom. Carry, carry on. Rob, what, 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 did, uh, what have you been doing for Nano Remo? So I've been working on this story for a while now uh, and this uh, world for probably about like seven years. Um, so I am uh, working on this story that uh, one of you layers uh, like that uh, sounds pretty fucking similar. But it's called The, uh, the Ranger and the Thief. It's an Azeroth legend. Uh, and it's a legend from the uh, second era of Azeroth, this fantasy world that I've created, uh, where a pair of treasure hunters travel across Grimlands in search of coin and wealth. Uh, their journeys take them through a uh, country teetering on civil war, lands where guilds rule like kings, and they go off into uncharted uh, territories in the mountainous east and leading them finally into the depths of the world. So friends are made and lost, uh, and history of the lands will forever be changed uh, because of the course of their journey. So yeah, it's just uh, also sounds yeah. awesome. This is you've been working on this a couple nano remos in a row. Uh, right? I have been slowly plugging away at it. Maybe one of these years I'll actually have a finished uh, finished novel. Um, so uh, well, that's that's yeah, the point. yeah. Well, yeah, I feel like you'll like at least if I can chip away at it little by little, uh, eventually I'll get there. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, a fun kind of sarcastic romp through uh, a grim dark world that I created. Um, where they're going to try and find this like uh, ancient treasure that's you know been lost for since before history was written down and mm-hmm. yeah, fun stuff. That's cool. Anything that you can do to 
uh, breathe more life into a world you're creating, I think is just a really, a really cool thing. Absolutely. I totally agree. So, um, and I love, I love Astarok. It's one of my favorite places that, that we've, uh, done anything with. I agree. Like there's, um, uh, we've just put so much time and effort into it. You know, myself, you know, mostly, like I said, I've been working on this for, for, for years now. Um, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fun sandbox to play and I really like the world and the characters and, you know, just kind of like the mechanics of how everything works because I'm one of those people who likes to build, you know, massive universes and then figure out how everything works and then start writing a story from there. So I'm, I'm definitely right. the, the universal method here, but I guess... Right. You're the guy who, if they didn't make it cost $2,100, you would be fine grinding for 4,600 yes. hours. Yes. Yeah. But, so, I digress there. But yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> Fun stuff. I, di- I digress there. Full circle. <laughs> hey, Joe. Yes. What have you been geeking on this week? <sighs> What have I been geeking on this week? Uh, I'm going to pass for a second. Rob, okay. you go, because i got to think fine. about it. Uh, so I've recently been back on my art grind. Uh, building bases, taming dinosaurs, uh, punching tyrannosauruses. It is a great, great, great amount of fun. Um, it's, uh, it finally uh, launched. They've got some DLCs for it now. Which are pretty cool. Uh, they're selling it for sixty dollars, which, like, I got it whenever it was still in beta, and it was much cheaper than that. I don't know if it's quite worth sixty dollars, but if it was to go on sale, I would really recommend it. It is a great amount of fun, um, and definitely at least worth like thirty of those sixty. <laughs> but nice. yeah, no, it's a it's an absolute blast, uh, and I'm a sucker for dinosaurs in general. So being able to ride around on big lizards is like really gets my go. Damn yeah. Straight. Uh, Bry, what about you? Couple, couple, three things. Couple um, things. Is that like six things in total? Uh, sorry, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, yep. Three things. <laughs> Are you okay? Three things. <laughs> I, that was my oh, rewinding. Oh, like recording. That was my rewinding. Yeah, I thought you were having maybe a stroke. Um, couple. Uh, nope. Sorry. Just three things. Uh, thing one. Uh. My wife and I watched Gerald's Game on Netflix. Shit's brutal, isn't it? That was really good. It's yeah. great, but it's look. I I love that book. Um, I've read it a couple times, and it's it's good. It's it's a good book. There are some things I didn't need to see with my own yeah. two eyes. About visualizing things is so intense, and watching it with my wife, who I didn't give her any. She said, "What's this about?" I said, uh, "I said uh, it's uh, you know, marital rape, kinky sex. You know, it's it's uh, it's kind of like Fifty Shades. You know." Um, so she's like, oh, "Okay, it is. You know, it is kind of like Fifty Shades." Well, so she says, "Like, oh, okay, I'll watch." And then all she looks at me like, um, <laughs> "No." Uh, <laughs> but we watched we watched the whole thing, and she couldn't. I mean. She couldn't take her eyes off the screen. It's 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 compelling. It's captivating. It's it's intense. Uh, it's, a, it's, a it's really it's a it's if Stephen King wrote a lifetime. Yeah. I don't I don't know. It's as claustrophobic as I've felt without actually being like like actually or for a reason to be claustrophobic. Right. 
Mm-hmm. It's anxious. It makes your stomach hurt. Um, and it's and it's well produced and well directed and well acted and well written. And there's <clears throat> there's still the references you want. Um, there's still there's still the 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 visuals you want and the story beats from uh, like from the book. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know uh, when when you when you actually hear all things serve the beam, it's yes. it's actually a better dark tower than the dark tower. Mm-hmm. So weird, but uh, so that's one. Two. My uh, my son uh, wants to start reading. Uh, chapter books, good. which, which is really good, and he nice. does read some. Like he's currently reading like Diary of a Wimpy Kid, um, right? And he loves it, and he's reading uh, some Treehouse book where they travel through time, and it's it's pretty. Oh, I love the Magic, Magic Treehouse. Treehouse. Okay, that's what he's reading. Um, but he wants. He said, like, hey, you know, is The Hobbit something I could read? Hell yeah! Is Harry Potter something I could read? And I'm like, dude, listen. Um. You know, I'd never force you to be into something. You might read The Hobbit and say, like, I don't know what I just... I, that was fucking stupid. Cool. Right. But if you want to read it, like I told him, I said, I mean, there's, there's dragons and there's trolls and there's sword fights and there's elvish and it's super cool. And so he's going to start reading The Hobbit tomorrow. Good. That makes me happy in my heart. Yeah, place. me too. It's, it's really... Um, I don't know. It's a cool. It's a really cool. Either one of you guys have kids. Um, that is correct. It's it's <laughs> right. <laughs> Accurate point. <laughs> Dick faces. <laughs> Listen, it's just cool to have a to have your kids say, "Hey, I want to read The Hobbit." That's never happened before. Um, yeah. No, I'm actually. I'm when he was probably. I have, I have warm fuzzies. When he was probably three. Um. I read him The Hobbit. We read a chapter a night. Oh, no kidding. He doesn't remember that. He doesn't. No. Uh, and I don't know how much. I mean, I read it to him while we were in bed. He fell asleep through half of it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going to start reading it on his own. And, and then he's going to go from there to. Um, right into uh, the Lord of the Rings. No, right. Well, he's going to go from there. He wants to read. Uh, the Sorcerer's Stone. The Silmarillion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, no, he's that already got a leg up. He read most of the monster manual. A while. <laughs> Jesus, it's like uh, it's like uh, trying to cut through frozen butter. <laughs> Fucking Silmarillion, and uh, and I forgot the third with I've, with the, the Silmarillion with the Silmarillion. Yes, I've forgotten the third thing. <laughs> Sorry, if it comes to me. I don't know. I'll tweet about it or something. <laughs> I, I it was a good it was actually my favorite thing the the thing. I was going to next. That wasn't it. Although that was no, fun. You're right. That was that was a good time. It was a good night, but that was not what I was geeking on this week. It was legit. It was a legit thing. It's actually kind of pissing me off. Was it a movie? No, you won't. You won't get it. No. Was it a card game? Mm, no. Magic trick. Nope. This is fun, though. Keep guessing. Uh, podcast. Nope. 
dimorphous wolf. An audio book. Uh, a, a diametric wolf? I what said happened? Dimorphous, but that works. Oh. A dimorphous wolf. <laughs> no, I don't. Nice. Well, you know what? You think about it because I, I remember okay, my you thing. you do your thing. I'm, gonna, I'm not even yeah. going to comment on yours. I'm going to focus on mine. <clears throat> By all means. So I, uh, I, I don't know if you guys know I'm writing a thesis um, as part of my, my degree. And um, I'm very excited about it. It's a really cool thing. Like I'm, 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 I'm just – I'm over the moon that I'm writing on this topic. And I found a podcast – that features uh, basically the person who pioneered the field that I'm writing my thesis in. And um, she's just being interviewed. And this interview that I found, uh, it's on the the podcast On Being with Krista Tippett. Um, and it, it was an episode that just came out in the last week. And she covers basically everything that I'm going to talk about in my thesis paper. Um uh, everything from so it's my my thesis on, is on the the intersection between um, uh, epigenetics, which are like the the switches that control how your genes express, uh, trauma, and a theology of intergenerational sin. And um, she kind of touches on all of this stuff in the podcast, and she makes it really super friendly and and approachable. And um, I just it was a very delightful thing to listen to uh, uh last night so uh, i would definitely recommend and also on being is just a really relaxing uh podcast about um it's about spirituality and science and and human progress and it's just it's a wonderfully relaxing podcast to listen to that's also informative and and fantastic but uh this last week they came out with it's how trauma and resilience cross generations is the title of the episode. It came out November 9th. Um, I highly recommend it. It's really good okay. stuff. I feel wiser having just had you talk about it. So I'll have to give it a listen. Yeah, it's really good. I'll send you the link, actually. Awesome. I'll do it right now while I'm looking at it. Magical. I have no fucking clue what my third thing was. I'm sorry. It's not your guys' fault. It's yours. It's, it, <laughs> I feel like I cut you off a lot. No, it's, the only it's I feel. squarely on my shoulders. I cannot remember Bourbon. what the fuck Your Pico it still. was. Nope. Did you sous vide this weekend nope. like you planned? No, sure didn't. Ran completely out of time for that. Uh, well, my brother's appendix ruptured. So there was, oh, that's true. There was trips to the hospital. And it wasn't and, that, right? No, it was that. Nope. <laughs> yeah. uh-uh. Just wanted to clarify. Nope. Yep. Was it the Pope's Lamborghini that he immediately sold? No. Uh-uh. I have... Did he win it on, like, the Price is Right or something? What? I have no idea. <laughs> I think someone gave it to him, because it's, like, it's a Lamborghini decked out with, like, the Pope Mo- Popemobile uh, decals. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Which was a funny thing to say. <laughs> but, yeah, no, someone just gave it to him, and he was like, uh, I'm a de Pope, and sold it. I'm a de Pope. <laughs> gave the money to the poor. I love I love Pope Frank. He's my. I'm guy. a Papa. Why is he Mario? At your Pope. Right? I don't know. He's not even Italian. A he's a he's like a Portuguese. Shall, be sure to follow the Pope at your Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Pope Frank. <laughs> On Twitter. Ba-da-ba-da-ba-da. Yeah, your Pope. <laughs> I'm a freaking Pope. I'm a freaking Papa. Fireball, fireball, Tanuki Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, well, we've tried everything. First game I, I ever flipped, right there. 
Uh, well, I think uh, there's going to be plugs. Weird oh. show. Weird show. There are going to be plugs. Uh, I did want to say about Gerald's game. Uh, I didn't know that there were people who actually looked like exactly what I imagined that killer to look like. The Moonlight oh. Man? By the way. Yeah. Not yeah. only that, but the, moon, the, that, moonlight man. The, the character who plays him actually suffers from that... that uh, Acromegaly yeah, or whatever? He actually, I mean, he legitimately suffers from that. Right. It's, it's not like they got Eric Stoltz to reprise his role. There it is. And Eric Stoltz, the mask reference, <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> like I, like, Just leave it like there. Like I bet you, you couldn't say it. <laughs> There'll be plugs. 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 Nico here. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Chapsnatter, and listen to our twats, especially from Rob Bass, as he will keep you up to date on all the latest and greatest going on with the show. Also, follow us on YouTube, iTunes, and RedTube. The five stars. We love you. Hello, this is Sherlock Holmes. If you can't get enough Cartoon Joe, check out him. Check him out on this this freaking show podcast on uh, Saturday mornings at eleven a.m. Get on over to our Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/GeekCastLive for special content perks and that warm fuzzy feeling that you're doing something awesome and helping out our podcast. We wouldn't be anywhere without you guys, and we look forward to bringing you geeky content for a long time to come.